Yeah, I don't know. I don't know about this Olivia Wilde thing, man. What am I missing? All the drama I'm- surrounding her movie and her relationship with Jason Sudeikis and her relationship with Harry Styles and the drama at the premiere today. Let me make sure I got the right person here. Yep. All right. That's who I thought it was. Oh, boy. Controversy, controversy, controversy. Dude, it's been going on for what feels like months. And how would I have known about this? What platform Um, do you find this The first thing you would have heard was when Jason, well, when she got served custody papers at Comic-Con. That would have been the first time you heard drama about Olivia Wilde. And that was, uh, Comic-Con was over the summer, right? I don't know, maybe. Carbon scoring. Twerks. And then, uh, let's see. Oh, uh, so when she got divorced from, or uh, separated from Jason Sudeikis, it came out that she was dating Harry Styles, who was starring in her new movie, Don't Worry Darling. I'm seeing this. Okay. okay. a little messy odd then there was drama about florence Pugh, who is zach braff's ex-girlfriend uh recent ex-girlfriend um not wanting to answer questions about her sex scenes with harry styles in interviews that was like a mandate that she had i don't want to do i want to do limited press for the movie i don't want everybody asking me about the sex scenes with harry styles okay and everybody was making a big deal about that. Oh, I guess it also started, then it comes out that Olivia Wilde was offered to do all these other movies and was difficult and only wanted to do the next project she wanted to do, which is uh, a lot of people will get, uh, they'll have a successful film. Hers was Booksmart a couple of years ago. I did not see it. I heard it was great. Um, and people will get offered a movie from the studio that is, uh, the movies she was being offered were very, very similar in style to book smart and she wanted to do something more ambitious okay so uh, it's now being put on that she was being a uh, a a problematic woman in that she was m- making it difficult to do this then you know it's like well like who even is olivia wilde why are we giving her all of this grace like what successful projects has she really been a part of and really, like, the only thing, like, if you look at her resume, like, she did, like, some seasons of House, and, like, she was in uh, Cowboys and Aliens, and, like, nothing <laughs> right. really great. Like, Booksmart was really, like, kind of her thing, so then it was like, well, who is she to even be difficult? But I guess she did this movie. I don't, I just watched the trailer. Just now. Okay. Huh. Looks rad. Looks like a cool Yeah, and you're movie. talking about Don't Worry, don't Darling. Don't worry, don't worry, darling. Then uh, there was a Variety article that came out last week, and she had the cover story, and it was about her firing Shia LaBeouf off the movie. It's another one of those. Because Shia LaBeouf is problematic. Uh, there were people that were not, there were people on set that were not comfortable around him. That insinuates that his, the person playing opposite him, Florence Pugh, had communicated to Olivia Wilde that she was not comfortable with Shia LaBeouf being on set, and Olivia Wilde being a reported feminist uh uh said don't worry i've got this according to the article fired shia hired on harry uh, uh harry styles his first acting role right right now it's come out shia labeouf was like that's not true uh and here's all the receipts literally sent <laughs> posted screenshots of text messages and emails 
of him asking for more rehearsal time, saying that everyone's finding this very difficult, that we don't have enough rehearsal time. Uh, and him basically, like he wrote a, from what I have heard, I did not read it myself, uh, a very level-headed rebuttal that was like, look, I already have a lot of drama around me, and I'm probably never going to really get any of that off of me. But don't put fake stuff out there about me that I already have to deal with my daughter eventually growing up and reading all the bad shit I have done. I don't need her reading a bunch of bad shit I didn't do. So do the right thing and come out and fix this. Uh, And so that was a little messy. That was just this past week. Then it comes out that Harry Styles, who's never acted in anything before, way out uh, paid or was was overpaid (laughs) Over Florence Pugh, <laughs> who is an established actress, has been working for years. Um, and uh, and what's the reason and so for that? I mean, who, de- who determines that? It's- That's what I told Susie. And she's like, well, but here's the thing. If you're a feminist, you're not going to hire on some other actor and make sure that your actors aren't being paid equally. Like, I was like, I was trying to be pragmatic and be like, look, like, she's the director of the project. She's not over here making line items. She's like, right. yeah, but if you're going to be a purported feminist, aren't you going to make sure that people are that there's pay equality across your pay equity between your talent. I was like, I mean, yeah, I guess so. I don't know. <laughs> I, yeah. I think um, you would think they would, but I mean, how much of a handle do they yeah, have on? I was that? like, I don't know that she's a producer on the project. She doesn't know. Um, so then there was the premiere yesterday or today. It looked like Harry Styles spit on Chris Pine. This is another panel that's here. What yeah, the hell dude, is going so, on? Yeah, and then uh, oh my, uh, my buddy who I grew up with has a podcast, an entertainment podcast. I actually like kind of like talked to him a lot about podcasting. I was like, oh, this is how we do it. This is how we like promote it and all that stuff. So um, his podcast is called uh, Back to the Blockbuster. It's a fun podcast. It's not – I wish I could give him notes, but I feel weird giving notes. But anyway, <laughs> um, I don't like his co-host, and I feel like he's like using the Zoom call audio all the time, and I'm like – don't, can't you guys just record locally too? <laughs> so it sounds like you're in the same room. Anyway, um, he laid it out and uh, said that uh, shit. Where was I going? I gave so much backstory about Gaius. Well, you were talking um, about the spit, and then you were getting onto this, right? We were just on the spit, and then you were talking about <laughs> podcasting. From is that does that help? Yeah, uh, I don't know. He he had a. What did he say? He was pretty pragmatic on his show about it, though. And um, and uh, and I guess I don't really recall where I was going with that. But anyway, it's not all that important. Um, Well, I mean, it it, I'm amazed. All you've described every one of these panels that's on the top stories when I search for Olivia Wilde or even don't worry, darling. (laughs) Is there any that I missed? (laughs) So, no, you debt. You okay? Let me go back. You got Shia LaBeouf. You got, um, you know what? You didn't mention Nick Kroll, but I think his was probably. Some... I love Nick Kroll. He and he and what's his name? Kiss. That was like a bright spot. Right? <laughs> well, yeah, I think his his was the lightest content. He makes a joke or something. I but love you... Nick Kroll. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Florence Pugh, uh, Shia LaBeouf, Harry Styles, and then Chris Pine and Spit. Spitgate, they call it. Uh, those are the main panels of the uh, Olivia Wilde search results. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Amazing. Oh, man. This is, I mean, this is why I don't, I, I, I rarely even go on Reddit anymore, which is crazy because I remember I'd bring that up so much. I just don't have time for it. Yeah, no, who, who's got time for it? I know, dude. I just put but on. But like, I news just, like this always breaks through, it's, it, but only the stuff like, it's really got to be something loud. 
This is Jimmy Epa. David, I think I think we knock that one at the same exact time. <laughs> I do. I, there was oh, no, no, I didn't hit it. I, uh, I didn't yeah, actually I, hit it. I was yeah, going to yeah, say, yeah. if not, there would have been, what do you call it when you can play two things at once and there's a sound effect? Uh, 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 phasing. Phasing. Yeah, audio phasing, yeah. right? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Guilty of that. Guilty as charged. Yeah, man. Uh, <sighs> I don't know that I have any housekeeping. I did get the Sam Nork interview in, which everyone will have heard by the time they hear this. So I did get it in under the wire. It's uploading Sweet. if it's not already uploaded. Um, nice. And it was a good chat. We compare a lot of Jimmy Eat World releases to Blink-182 releases because we speak that language. So mm-hmm. uh, we have a good shorthand in that, re- oh, good. In that regard. Um, and uh, yeah, I don't know. Obviously, they're out on the Something Loud Legs uh, tour uh, now. At this point, yeah. With uh, Charlie Bliss. I don't know a lot of Charlie Bliss's music. Uh, let's do that for housekeeping. Let's listen to Charlie Bliss. Is that the name of somebody, or is this the name of a band, do you think? My guess is a band. It is, but why? Um, <laughs> it sounds like a name. Um, let's let's look at the members of Charlie Bliss here. Okay. Is somebody named Charlie? No, no one's named Charlie or Bliss in this band. They got Eva Hendricks, Spencer Fox, Sam Hendricks, and Dan Shore. I s- assume the Hendrixes, Hendricks I are uh, 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 siblings of a sort. Uh, Spencer Fox has their own Wikipedia page. Spencer Fox is an American musician, singer, and former child actor, best known as the voice of Dash Parr in the 2004 animated film The Incredibles. Oh, as, Dash. And as the lead guitarist of the indie, lo- indie rock band Charlie Bliss, which he co-founded in 2011. They are an American four-piece power pop band from Brooklyn, New York, United States. Charlie Bliss is Eva Hendricks' lead vocals and guitar. Spencer Fox vocals and guitar sam Hendricks drums and dan shore vocals and bass sweet uh, and i got this here uh we were killing ourselves trying to think of a band name for months and months and one night eva was at a party when someone happened to be named charlie bliss and then i'm sorry who happened to be named charlie bliss suggested we name the band after him and so there you have it they just changed oh, the Charlie's name per- uh they put l y when his name was uh, l i e i see uh get this dude charlie bliss have been frequently compared to Weezer. Ah, Weezer have not listened was to them. touchstone Man. for such a long time, Eva Hendricks admitted in an interview in 2019. The band also were inspired by the Killers, Sibo Mato, the All-American Rejects, Fountains of Wayne, and Kate Bush. Should we listen to Ruby, their top track on uh, Spotify here? Let's, yeah. Let's do a bit of it. Here we go. Oh, yeah. The chords already. Yeah. Dude, very, yeah. very rivers chords. Yep. Oh, man, even the Moog in there. Yeah, man. Oh, yeah, this is like early wheeze, man. Dude, yeah, man. I love it. That's good. Yeah, man. 
That's very you. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and hit follow so they can show up in my, <laughs> my stuff now. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, that's, yeah the tour starts, what, two days, man? For, uh, well, I mean, for uh, us, you and well, I right now. Well, it will have our... started last week yes. by the time anybody hears Correct. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, shall we jump into uh, a little bit of the stats on something Yeah, loud. let's do it, man. The track is something loud. It has an ASCAP <laughs> entry. It's not on an album that we're familiar with. I will say that I'm going to pull a lot of stuff from our friend over at Jimmy Eat Wiki. Uh, Linux has uh, filled out a lot of his wiki info there, so I'm going to yes. read from some of this stuff. Something Loud is a Jimmy Eat World song that was released on June 10th, 2022. This may be the title track of an album or an EP named Something Loud. Jimmy Eat World tweeted on June 3rd, 2010. Uh, 22 an upcoming 2022 fall tour with this same name and uh they just embarked on this tour uh track number we don't know no idea uh, one of one i guess if you want to count it as a uh, because <laughs> it's a single uh released like i said june 10th 2022 produced by jmj and jimmy world uh recorded at unit two we're pretty sure um is this the track that i'm pretty sure they laid down drums for on super bowl sunday Oh boy! I think Couldn't I remember. Tell you. I remember Zach mentioning that, and I didn't. Up and through a tweet, I didn't find probably. it in any of my research, but I'm pretty sure Zach had said. I, I do have some interviews, uh, clips that they did. Maybe he mentions it there. Um, written by Jimmy World singer is Jim. Okay, featuring according to Jimmy Wiki, because Robin Vining is playing guitar and singing in the video, perhaps he is featured on the song. However, on the Wikipedia entry, it just lists the band sans robin but it's possible that the wikipedia entry just doesn't acknowledge yet that robin is a member of the band so we're still up in the air exactly whether or not he's part of the band all right but he does quote unquote perform in the video yes he does a la the phoenix sessions label exotic location recordings here is what jimmy Eat wiki's blurb says the track was self-released via the band's label Exotic Location Recordings and leave the band, quote, creatively invigorated with no one to answer to but themselves in a situation similar to the lead up to the critically acclaimed Bleed American. Drummer Zach Lind posted his gear for the song, which included a ride cymbal used in Bleed American and a kick drum used for recordings from Static Prevails to Bleed American, including Clarity. Publishing is Do I Get a Pickle with That Music? No demo that we know of. As of this recording, although I'm sure it's gone up since uh, tonight, 19 times they've played it live. First time was June 17th, 2022 at Den Altier, Luxembourg, Luxembourg. Uh, most recently played as of this recording, August 19th, 2022 at Channel 93.3 Big Gig 2022. No, no notable high notes or low notes listed on that blog that I found or forum post that I found. Okay, there are two entries on Last FM. There's Something Loud Song and Something Loud Single. According to Last FM, all of my scrabbles are from Something Loud Single, but the numbers on that version of the track are very, very small compared to the actual numbers for the Something Loud Song, so I'm going to go with those numbers. 14.2 thousand listeners scrabbled this song 39.4 thousand times, as of this recording, uh, seven of which are from me. Justin, how many Scrabbles have you? Uh, a little embarrassed. I only have one. 
But I've listened and to which it more version than is once. It? Something loud single or something loud? Mine says just something loud, not the single. So probably the same one you're looking why at. Do, yeah. Why is mine this other entry? It's so odd. But when I go to Jimmy Eat World's Last FM page, something loud single is the one that's like featured. Um, so odd. Um, and what are the Spotify numbers saying for something loud? Ah, oh, they look pretty good, man. One one 1,733,000. 274 plays that's a lot man dude (laughs) yeah man they probably made like 20 bucks (laughs) (laughs) and Um, what's kind of nice is you look at this the last fm the scrabble stats and yeah there's a huge spike in uh june all the way to the end of the month but since then july all the way to now has been fairly steady about 200 scrabbles you know a month which is good to know that at least people are continuously listening to this thing yeah and then we got structure it is a uh, D major key, 10B Camelot, 152 BPM, and a 3 minute, 17 second duration. Um, and with that, uh, we do have a lyric video yeah, that we I do. could refer to, um, but also the genius lyrics. Maybe I'll pull up the lyric video and watch this alongside you. Um, and uh, Please do. And see what we get. All right. Shall I jump into lyrics then? Please. Okay. All right. Well, we got the track here something loud and it definitely plays into the lyrics here i'm gonna go a little bit deeper in analysis jim this is one of those tracks where he just comes out and i believe it was just in the press release just explains what the track was essentially why it was written what the uh inspiration was for it and then what mm-hmm. it was about so i'm gonna go through that and essentially say the same thing but i'll do a little bit more uh a little bit more detail in here so i'm gonna break the verses down in health And here's the first three lines from this track. I walked around for days in a familiar place. This time I finally let myself own every small feeling. Sounds like he was uh, visiting his hometown or an old place, maybe some place they used to play or an old memory. But whatever it was, this time he really sat down and reminisced about it, thought deeply about that moment and the memories and the familiarity of it. And it affected him, David. And let's see how. Let's see. There was the one who got away. There was a first for everything. Never a second guess if I was right where I should be. Do you know what I mean? Ah, man. Thinking about all those firsts in his life and all the while just living it in the moment, never second guessing any choice, which is, you know, I've heard of most for the most part. I think you and I had, we've talked about school and and how the level of seriousness that you and I applied to it think you and I had, you know, a little bit more seriousness. Anytime anybody says, you know, I, I wish I was younger, I wish I could go back to X years just because you feel like it's easier. Maybe now it's because it's just a different thing. You're you're dealing with the current struggles. You don't remember the struggles you were in at that point in time. But being a teenager, um, you know, I really enjoyed high school. And so for me to go back there, if I was a musician and just playing music and didn't really care, didn't really need to pay for anything, less responsibility. I'd probably be, uh, in my mind, I'd be a lot happier. And so this is what he's reflecting on here is that that those initial stories, those token stories, uh, the one that got away, my first everything. So reflecting on all that stuff again in that familiar place. And then we got the chorus, which is the whole band now singing this, this opening line here. All night, do you still feel part of something loud? All night, are you such a different person now? Now, with this, I think, are you one of the others in the crowd? That's what he's asking. Do you still feel part of something loud? Are you such a different person now? 
the ones feeling the energy that we're all putting out, aren't you just one of the people experiencing this with everyone else? Um, are you any different now from where who you were back then? You know, and I feel like, do you feel like you're a different person now than you were 15, 20 years ago? Yeah. 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 In some ways. I, yeah. I feel like I get in some ways I still feel like I'm 12, but in yeah. some ways I feel like I'm not right. as problematic as I was when I was 12. <laughs> yeah. Well, you figured ways around that kind of stuff. And you got more yeah. responsibility now that's uh it's helping you. I think beat. it's less that I figured out ways to be around <laughs> that stuff and more like, oh my god, what a fucking idiot or what yeah. an asshole or what a Yeah. Maybe you do something out of spite. <laughs> uh so that's what I think they're talking about now. It's just, I mean, are you any different now than you were then? You're still deep down. You're probably the same person aside from some responsibilities that you're absorbing. Uh, a dream that never was an idea you think you come from all night when you can't look at the day. Now, we all have our dreams and some never amount to anything. Uh, but did you picture yourself becoming something different, living each day at a time? That's what I think he's talking about with it when you can't look at the day. You're just kind of, you don't want to look ahead. You just want to live it in that moment, the that second to the minute to the hour to the day. That's what I want to live. Um, and I, whenever there's like a dream that never was, I always think of people selling out and putting on that suit, you know, when when really we'd probably love drinking beer and, and making music. But how realistic is that for the majority of us, right? <laughs> yep. And we still get to do it. You did it the other day, right? With your... Uh, yeah, it was a Last blast. Last off the bus, dude. buddies, man. You know, maybe you just need just enough just to remind you of how fun it is and then not the fact that you'd be a struggling musician for the rest of your life. <laughs> yeah. Get a taste. Yeah. Just enough, man. That's that's the adult David and the adult Justin. <laughs> that's the diff, man. It's an I'm idea big. of where yeah. you think you came from. <laughs> uh, and then verse two here. I had it figured out the way it really is. And growing up, we added just too much complexity. Um, so I think saying here is I, I was a young buck who knew all the answers. And then we went and screwed up, screwed up by getting old and making things too complex. You know, getting into relationships, starting families, buying houses, owning businesses. And now it's kind of like, you know, all the <laughs> I talk about all the, the tax breaks and, and stuff in the background. And I, I feel like Jim just totally tunes out to all that stuff it's like we don't we don't really care as long as the numbers add up at the end of the year and everyone's getting their fair share we're happy because i'm sure the things that he's in control of you know uh, avoiding complexity he would be all for now when we listened to the first time uh i think it was on the second listen through when uh, we were it was on the 10th i believe it was before it was released out here and one of us with the vpn (laughs) right got a hold of it recorded it just briefly, right, until it came out and then it was destroyed promptly. But listening to it on Discord, like the first couple of times, this was these were the lines that really stood out to me. Yeah. Yeah. Friends at the show in 95, miss every one of them. But there's a moment that you die or you move on to live. Every one of us did. And I think they're reflecting on their early years and the fans they've gained along the way. And as you grow older, you either hang on to those memories or move on to start making your own. I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. Maybe when you, there's a moment that you die, uh, and maybe that's the moment that you realize you were ne- your dreams were never really realized. But what do you do in that situation? Uh, you move on to live, and I think that's just somebody that just moves on and continues on with their life, and in some way, uh, if it was physically dying, the friends that they miss, those ones that didn't make it um 
you know, 30 something years, almost 30 years now, those ones that didn't make it, it's the ones that changed, the ones that fell out of the scene, the ones that just kind of they lost touch with touch with. Um, but everyone changed for some way, in some way. Some were still friends with the band. Um, but it's just all these people that they've met along the way have come and gone, lived and died. And uh, just reflect, again, reflecting on it. This is a big song about reflecting on the past. Now, you get the chorus again, and then the only different lyric after this is going to be the bridge. Uh, and damn it, it is good. And, I, you know, the way that he sings it, you have to really practice it because he has got it down. It's it's not really sung how I can read it here. It's de- Well, and it's like not a way that somebody would speak. Yeah. Because he'll start and go, God damn. Yeah, he'll like bring out the God damn. <laughs> but it's damn. only like, like, and God damn, like you would say, and God damn, I wouldn't change a single thing. Right. But he says, I would change not, not a, a single thing. thing. <laughs> yeah. And the way that it's written here, I mean, if you read it line by line, you'd be thrown off too. I would change not a single thing. You know, it's like, what? <laughs> no, it's, I would change not a single thing. Yeah. Very English of him. Uh, I had what I had, and God damn, I would change not a single thing. So smile, wave, then let go. I always love that little, that final salutation, the so, all this stuff that preceded it, and then he ends with, so smile, wave, then let it go. And I think this is like the uh, the quintessential no regrets. Uh, not one of those experiences would he change. He would just look back, smile, and move on. Because what are you going to do? The past is in the past. It's formed you as an individual. The tough times, the easy times, the fun times, the hard times. And... Uh, and that's what he's at the, at the very end of this. It's just there's nothing else you can do besides uh, smile, wave, and just let it let it go, brush it off. And it's a great way to end this track that Jim essentially says is about playing music as a youngster, living that uh, DIY life, meeting new bands, and just being in the industry at that level. Because um, we're getting into that, you know, late October we're going to have the uh, When We Were Young festival. Yeah, so we'll get into that. I'm sure in some in the press release. So there you have it. Those are the lyrics of Something Loud, June 10th, 2022. Yeah. And uh, yeah, um, there it is. It's It feels like the structure of a Bleed American song in that it kind of like circles back to that chorus and reinvents it a couple times as it plays on and on and on. Right. Until they ride off in the sunset, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's a great way of putting it. Absolutely. Yeah. But it does have, um, doesn't it have like the rookie of the year ending? Yeah. Totally yeah. has like the. Uh... Yeah. Yeah, yeah baby. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting till you know. Until you notice. I mean, I don't know. Oh. <laughs> my balls. That's good. <laughs> There's a time and a place for carbon scoring, and it is every time. <laughs> That's right. All right. So I've got lots and lots of blurbs, but you have some extra cool stuff, um, which I kind of want to hit on now. Do you yeah. want to play some clips from Christian James Hands? Yes. Uh, uh, yes. Thing, because I imagine that a lot of what we're going to touch on probably is encapsulated in this, and I'd rather hear it from him than uh, anywhere else. And I know you said you you ended up tuning in a little late, so you missed Zach 
on the broadcast, yes. right? So, thank, so thanks any- to, uh, I was making a HelloFresh when I get a message from Jed. <laughs> he goes, hey, just wanted to check if you're checking out the stream you were telling us all about. And it was uh, 610. And uh, they go, he goes live at six. So I rushed over yeah. and I started, I grabbed it. Um, and I, he doesn't spend too much time on the drums, <laughs> but you can, what's nice is when he does the, what he calls the engine room and he plays the bass and I'm sorry, the bass and the drums, you can hear a lot of what Zach is doing underneath. So that, that isn't necessarily lost. So I, I missed the first 10 minutes and he does a little bit like a, a preamble too. Uh, so I'm, I'm convinced that I, I didn't really miss out on much. It's kind of wild that like, yeah, you miss Zach and you were only 10 minutes into the thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he doesn't, um, and he doesn't so spend too much time on it. A lot of in-depth discussion probably with Zach about the song. Right. Suck my balls. <laughs> so here's how I'm gonna have this uh, this setup. Uh, I've got it in in quick time, and there are uh, uh, nine notable spots out of the 45 Sweet. minutes. I guess 50. I think for everybody that I, I would hope that former guest of the pod, Christian James Hand, would not be opposed to us sharing some of yes. these great blurbs that he was able to capture. Um, right and uh and give to everybody and we're only playing these little blurbs yeah we're just playing a little bit a little uh until i feel like i'm gonna stop playing Um, just the tip so (laughs) so this is the what he he refers to as i'm gonna kick it back just a little bit as the bass slide here we can listen to this be fine Ninety-five. There you go. Ooh, yeah. slide down on that one. <laughs> it's so chunky. Oh man, Ooh, I like that. You playing the snare? They're playing the drum and fill and the bass together. Boo doo boo doo doo. favorite progression yeah there's there's that ring epic ending so yeah you got some uh that's some chunky bass uh coming on from rick there baby chunk of the bass man chunk of the bass uh so after bass (laughs) uh christian gets into you know i shouldn't call him that i say christian james hand uh, gets into the guitar, and he specifically remarks about the tones here, which are pretty prevalent in the beginning, but once you hear them in the mix, I think they're a little bit different. So here's what he refers to as the guitar tones. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's got that... That sound it's more that, of the octave. Do, 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 it doesn't do. have the full body of the chord, I feel right. like. Right. And that was a very uh, sure and certain sound there that he was just. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now here, let's listen a little bit more of this. Amazing. God, that, that tone is fucking sick. That's like, <laughs> that's like three guitars happening. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you got a fuzz. You can hear him just get hanging like on that note. No, 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 no. Ah, yeah. <laughs> oh, and this is a sick lick. So this is about seven minutes, and this is the bridge lead-in lick. So let me, let me. Yeah, I'll give it another an extra ten seconds just to make sure we get all of it in yeah. here. 
six string samurai unfortunately all the guitars are in one stem for the moment to the bridge oh my god <laughs> i know he goes back to yeah. it that is so fucking metal Oh my yeah. god! I mean, listen to this. You can see. I think he's gonna go back. That's very strange. Uh, they really things. do. <laughs> they do really enjoy. Uh, wait, why did you schedule them Jimmy night when the Jimmy Jam session is happening? Is calendar working? Uh, the Jimmy Jam show got canceled. The huge. He's Richard talking to a chat. Someone chatting. Yeah. That's a good question, Big Stogs. I was just thinking as we were, I know, I know, six string samurai would be, but you know what? We can't look a gift horse in the mouth. You know what I'm saying? We just gotta. You just got to love that gift horse's mouth all the way. Uh, yeah, do you really think the huge richer and bowls I would be here suddenly going, oh, shit. Fuck. I'm supposed to be at the fucking region right now. Damn it. I was just thinking, big songs on this guitar front. You know what would be fucking great? I would love if I was working, you know, with other bands. I would. Uh, what did I put my keys? Uh, I would I would say, all right, you need to like it would be really cool to hear what Dave Grohl would do if he had, <laughs> if, if the Jimmy Worlds were, you know, charging up his guitar tones for him. I mean, listen to these guitar tones. They're very English. <laughs> oh. Oh, you can hear so many i mean it, it's it's jim's sound but there's so many other songs that it makes your ear go to when you hear mm-hmm. just some of the, some of the little licks the way that he plays or the chord shape that he uses yeah oh man so that was sick yeah (laughs) (laughs) and i do like how he comes back around like someone will will change the focus or something in the chat and then he'll say you know what i want what i would think would be cool is if you had a band and he asked them to and then you know he's going to get back into it in just a moment um about 14 minutes in he talks about let's see oh this is cool this is you might like this this is one of those uh he calls it birchie's move up gives me opportunity to play this again you hear it there uh that um rick actually adopts the melody there jim's melody he's playing on the bass up at the top man so yeah he walks up that octave and then continues playing it and plays that sick melody uh oh okay next section here he does he does a little bit of the leads here make sure i got the right spot these are sick stem of leads yeah first one is this one All right. 
a little uh, memory man going on there by the sounds of it, possibly. The Bridge 8. Whoa. Yeah. Anthemic. Yeah, I didn't even hear this one. <laughs> Bunch of guys in there, definitely. There's some, there's some Edge, there's some Stuart. It's all yeah. happening. And then on the last one, I'm going to put these in. Oh. Oh, the reverse. Yeah, little 23. <laughs> yeah, right? Let's do a drums bass. Take the bass and the drums out and just do it with the old guitars. We'll do it from here. He says the same thing. I mean, how is it not this? I know. know. Well, it's funny you mentioned that, David. The next section we're going to (laughs) be... Oh, man. Oh, man. Yeah. There's always a place. (laughs) Uh, So the next one is actually the keys. Let's see. So he talks about... Yeah, he talks about... uh, I think he says Robin Vinning, but uh, we, we know the guy. Yeah, and his uh, his Instagram. Here we go. It's, all right, there's keys which uh, are uncredited, I believe. Maybe these are Robin as well. Robin Vinning. But who knows? All right, so you got some keys which are doing this straight in on the top. So eighties. Pre-chorus. Oh, shit. (laughs) (laughs) That is your bizarre love triangle. (laughs) Somebody's getting their new order on. (laughs) Yeah, baby. There it is. 
thank you, Christian. Yeah. He heard it too, man. shit we're going full just like heaven on this bitch like, yeah That's pretty much, um, I think that's the the keys for the most part. So he just kind of goes back and forth between that nice that high pad and then that, that funky low one. So I have down here uh, full band fun at 29 minutes. And what does he do here? Let's see what full band fun. David. Yeah, man. <laughs> we should make a podcast. They make uh, it seem so easy. Uh, <laughs> um, okay, I've got a couple more spots, but one of my favorite places that Christian James Hand goes is the vocals, and he does that last. And when he does it, he asks the chat to shut up. So basically, no one talks <laughs> in the chat. <laughs> Just listen. Give this person their due. But you can hear, um, this is Jim's voice, intimately, and he mentions that the effects, I believe he says the effects here are baked in or. Um, uh, oh, right. It sounds term. like he got like pretty mixed down tracks. Yes. Like he doesn't have like the full stems. Right. It's not the dry. Full studio session. Yeah. So here's, we're going to listen to this. There's a couple of spots. Um, one place we have to listen to. A familiar place. It's time I finally let myself own every small field. Hold on. You know what? Let me give, let me give, uh, let me do what if Jim's Jim right was through that same chain? <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. So this is the full thing with Jim. Off because we're all fucking adults, and we should be able to manage that on our own. So, um, with no further ado, Jim Atkins. 
I walked around for days in a familiar place. This time I finally let myself own every small feeling. There was the one who got away. There was a first for everything. Never a second guess if I was right where I should be. Do you know what I mean? Do you still feel part of something loud? Yeah. Are you such a different person now? A dream that never was. An idea you think you come from all night. When you can't look at the day. I had it figured out the way it really is. And growing up, we've added just too much complexity. Friends at the show in 95, miss every one of them. But there's a moment that you die or you move on to live. Every one of us did. Yeah. Do you still feel part of something loud? a different person now a dream that never was an idea you think you come from all night when you can't look at the day I had what I had and goddamn, I would change not a single thing so smile wave then let go mm. Do you still feel part of something loud? Are you such a different person now? A dream that never was An idea you think you come from All night When you can look at the day Chills, David. Oh, yeah, they're yeah, just showing man. off on that ending. <laughs> God <laughs> damn it, dude! Those <laughs> those freaking yeah, harmonies. Oh yeah. my god. <sighs> okay, so we flex. can we can end there because I think that leaving with Jim is <laughs> that sexy man's vocals. Stupid sexy Jim. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's a good place to end. Stupid there. sexy Jim. <laughs> Nothing at all. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing at all. Nothing at all. Nothing at all. Feels like I'm singing. Nothing at all. <laughs> look at us. Hey, look at us. Look at us. Huh? Who would have thought? Not me. Not me. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I did that at work today with a buddy. He, got it. he understood the assignment. <laughs> Uh, all right, awesome. so I've got some Jimmy Eat Wiki blurbs about yeah. the video. So I'm really hoping I get Austin Gavin on this. He's on tour. He's a touring drummer, and it's tough. He's in Mongolia right oh now. Oh, my God. Yeah, 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 so it's tough to land him, but I believe I can be able to get him on. But anyway, here is some blurbs about the video from Jimmy Eat Wiki. Um, the Something Loud music video 
is an in-studio recording of the song, Something Loud, from the band Jimmy Eat World. The video depicts the band playing in a small black playing in black and white in a small studio. This video was co-directed by the band in Austin Gavin, who I'm hoping to get on this episode. He's agreed to come on. <laughs> I'm hoping we can line up times. Uh, notably, this recording includes Robin Vining on backup vocals and guitar. The video is dedicated to the memory of Mike Gill, who had worked on the 555 music video with the band as co-director with Jim Atkins. Gill had been working with the band on a different concept for a video for Something Loud when he passed away in May uh of 2022 um so i did not realize that before doing the research for this that uh mike was working on a treatment for a video for this song so yeah he had obviously heard the song was familiar with the song and right. uh, had a treatment for it uh that was not realized unfortunately i do remember geez i wish i would have pulled it up i remember when zach was looking for a local musician uh, a local video director oh, i'll have to look it up I, I didn't think to look for that in my research but i remember when zach had tweeted that he was looking for a director like a videographer in the area to do a video mm -hmm. uh for them and it was about the time that they shot this video so my guess is it was for this video um next is a louder sound article did you come across this louder sound article about the music video uh yes go ahead and read it yeah Jimmy Eat World are back with something loud. Jimmy something loud. This is written by Martin Kelty. 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 Jimmy Eat World say they're in a better position than ever as they launch new tracks, something loud. They're proudly sans label and creating creatively invigorated with no one to answer to but themselves. My guess is we're going to say that several times this episode. Yeah. <laughs> as they gear up for a run of European and UK tour dates. While I thought I made most of the early band days, I realize now I miss some stuff, vocalist and guitarist Jim Atkins says. You're in such a hurry to grow out of the formidable years. Like, shit, togetherness is going to magically arrive when you hit some age you thought gr the grown-ups were. Yeah, it doesn't work that way. But maybe the thing age and experience do reveal is that pivotal moments are hard to grasp when you are in them. The Back to Basics video is the result of abandoning another approach when their old friend direct, friend and director Mike Gill died during the project. The closing scene of the promo is a tribute to Gill. Produced by the band and Justin Meldel Johnson, Something Loud has all the qualities that we come to expect of a Jimmy Eat World song, of statement said. Punchy, powerful, guitar-driven intro, instrumental dynamics topped off by the earnest lyrics with Jim Atkins asking... Do you still feel part of something loud? Um, so there is the blurb I got from the Louder Sound article. Yeah, um, I did come across one from uh, the News Herald. And the nice oh, yeah. thing about this one was that they uh, they got a quote from Zach. So this one's titled, uh, Jimmy World to play something loud at Rock Hall. All Rock staple also likely to unleash older crowd favorites at Cleveland show. That's going to be a good one, man, at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame there. That was last week when people hear this. Yeah, correct. <laughs> um, and it, it starts off with this. We've gone around on this topic a lot, said Lind, calling from Phoenix. Part of it is when you're an older band like us, you need to assess everything you put you put out in the framework of its competing with your catalog. So in a weird way, we want to exponentially feel the responsibility of putting out something new that belongs in the catalog and earns its place. By doing it in smaller chunks, it makes your degree of difficulty a little lower while really spending a lot of time and energy crafting that song to feel 
to sound and to have an impact that it needs to have to earn its spot in the catalog. Um, that's arguably the case with Something Loud, which feels like a poppy rock track that could have been released in the early 2000s. Not only is the tune getting radio play, but it also has more than 1 million streams on Spotify. Uh, nice. Yeah, very cool stuff. Um, there's another blurb I got from Jimmy Eat Wiki. Originally, the music video, this is just another uh, Mike Gill thing. Originally, the music video was planned to be a different concept that was scrapped after the death of Mike Gill in uh, May of uh, 2022 uh, the band instead opted for an in-studio performance reminiscent of the Phoenix sessions performances. The song's theme was related to the excitement of fans for October, 2022's when we were young festival, the overwhelming response to the lineup triggered a period of deep personal and professional reflection for Adkins. Uh, and that was pulled from several articles uh, in cold together over at Jimmy Eat wiki. Um, and uh, we we had hinted about the We Were Young Fest. Uh, what what kind of info do you have regarding uh, how that sort of weighed into the inspiration for the song? Okay, here we go. Um, so I don't, we don't. Do you have the actual news release of the song? Um, no, I guess like, I, I guess did his, not his, they're up. they're saying news release. Like when they release the song. The yeah, day of I don't think we about. have we have quoted him saying this yet. But I'll go ahead and go through it. This is from Rockstellar Magazine uh, talking about the new the new tour this fall um a news release mentions that jimmy world was particularly reinvigorated by the excitement that came with the announcement of live nations when we were young festival the throwback concert event featuring a number of heavy hitters of the punk emo warp tour scene of the early 2000s set together in las vegas this october which includes jimmy world intense online enthusiasm over the initial festival announcement spawned additional dates and per the release triggered a period of deep personal and professional reflection and this is the quote from jim atkins here um while i thought uh, i made the most of the early band days i realized now i miss some stuff you're in such a hurry to grow out of the formidable years like shit togetherness so you already read that so they're just quoting him saying that again but also mentioning what really spawned the whole concept of this track is just those glory days, the reflective days. <laughs> yeah. I want to find that tweet I, I remember Zach posting. Looking for a badass photo slash video artist in the Phoenix area. If you are one or know of any, please at me. That was April 20th of this year. Um, And let's see. I see Allison Bills. I want to see if uh, we can find uh, uh, Austin Gavin getting recommended in here. And which band is it that Austin Gavin drums for? Uh, he's like a touring drummer, so he does all oh, kinds okay. of stuff. Yeah, I don't. It's funny, I don't see Austin Gavin in here. Here's a couple. So let's see. Yeah, that's that is just the same article. I'm trying to see so many. Uh, obviously, the song is the newest released song that we have from the band at the moment of this recording. So like most of everything is just the same two articles yeah, regurgitated. It's kind of interesting doing a track that's so new. <laughs> I know, and, uh, right? And running into this issue. Um, like, let's read this. More from Wikipedia. Atkins began writing new music once the band was able to play shows again, which he took inspiration from the excitement and brought the band specifically about the We Were Young Festival in May of 2022. The band announced headlining North America, uh, uh, naming their tour after the single Something Loud, which was released on June 10th. The single was the band's first to be released independently. And Atkins remarked that this newfound freedom found the band wanting to focus less on music but hopefully more often. And this has drawn the ire, I guess we'll address it, um, of people, I mention it with my 
in my interview with Sam Nork, Tom DeLonge did this after the band Blink-182 released the Dogs Eating Dogs EP, which is a pretty good EP. Um, Tom had said, I don't know if Blink is ever going to put out a whole a full record again. Maybe we'll just do EPs from now on. Um, and he had sort of leaned into potentially that the music industry was kind of going away from full albums. Who's going to sit down and listen to a whole album? And we found most recently on the invented episode last week that Jim has been saying this for 10, 12 years now. Yeah. People don't listen to full albums anymore. It's all about playlists. That's my big gripe about. I love when songs fade into each other and we don't get that a lot anymore because everybody needs to make their song playlistable. Right. Right. And, uh, and you can't make a nice crossfade on a playlist, um, between tracks. So, uh, a lot of people are really angry. <laughs> uh, at, we, we joked about this with Craig Manning because Craig had posted about sort of losing interest in bands once they uh, start sort of doing this model because the idea of having a larger... I, I get Craig's point of view, right? Um, having one small piece of art that can both stand alone and be part of a larger whole is interesting. And Zach had gone into the chorus forums to respond to Craig about that and was like, look, we didn't say anything about anything. Like, we just right. don't have any plans right now, essentially, is what he said. Um, but uh, but I felt like Craig came at it from a relatively level-headed like um, point of view, especially that he's got the domain knowledge and the experience, right? right. Like, he is a music journalist, so he's coming at it from that side of things. However, you've got fans all over the Facebook groups and, and all this stuff that are like angry that the band is talking about doing this sort of model or don't have the idea of rolling out a full album behind this. And I've talked about it before. They released the singles album <laughs> that right. is full of seven inch B sides that never went anywhere except for seven inch pressings until, or comps that weren't really available anywhere until they were assembled onto a compilation. And I love the singles album. I think it flows really yeah, well. I think they're a huge great job sequencing it. And, uh, and so, yeah, I, I think it's kind of interesting. And from what we've heard of place your debts, it's a very different track. Right. Like this is a bleed American track and place your debts is a futures track or, a, you know, stay on my right. side tonight track. Like it's a different vibe. And Lindsay said they're playing that track. on K rock already. What? Yeah. She said, um, her coworker Beth, she goes, "Hey, did Jimmy World release a new song?" And she goes, mm, "There's that one that they're doing tonight. <laughs> it's something loud." And yeah. but there's and then so I said, "There, no, there's another one. Place your debts, but it's only on specific platforms." And she goes, "Oh, that's the one that they're playing on K Rock now." So as of today, um, I don't know if they announced it because they're starting their tour in a couple of days and they're just ramping it up with this. Um, yeah, let's take a look. Yeah, I'm looking it up right now. Place your debts. Oh, uh, no, that's July 22nd. iHeart. Let's see this iHeart radio. Yeah, latest release. Place your debts. But it still says July 2022 one song. Yeah. Um, yeah. And there's not a way. I don't yeah, understand how iHeart works. But um, that's interesting. Yeah. So, uh, and, and I don't know if it was a promo or if it was the full song, but it was heard. And uh, and her friend Beth could tell that it was Jim. <laughs> Just by right. the, that voice of his. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you just got to ask, like, what was the vibe of the song? Right. Was it more upbeat or was it, like, pretty chill? Anyway. Yeah. Uh, those two songs are two sides of a different coin. What I would like to see 
is them come up with the model of an A side B side. Like, what does a seven inch in twenty twenty two look like and and feel like? I would love to see them put out a back backed with up and coming artist that people can be exposed to in some way. You know, right. is it a YouTube video that is ten minutes long and it's two tracks? Uh, one Jimmy Eat World song and one some other band. Um, what you know? Right. I'm still. We're still what? waiting on the the Jim Adkins James Adkins uh, split. Oh my God! Please, right? yes. That's that's going to be one bad. of these days. Um, when I was doing the yeah. uh, my research on this specific topic, because I was looking to find is there any article like an analysis on why bands are um, releasing just these singles? And so I came across it. This is sort of like a an academy. Um, this guy is, his name is Matt McCarty, I believe. And so he's been in the industry, but he's written this, uh, working with Spotify, he's written these ways for up and coming artists to build credibility and, and actually get out there. So I, I took a couple of quotes uh, from this and some, some blurbs here. Singles are for finding new fans. Albums are for nurturing existing fans, which does make sense. So I know that people, like, let's say mm-hmm. um, they hear that Jimmy World fans, like, who is saying that? Is it the brand new? Is it the youngest generation, the newest wave of fans that are saying that? Or is it the ones that are used to, like, I want I want uh, my generation's clarity now. Uh, you know, that kind of a thing. And they're just expecting these huge, epic albums. But now it's just I feel like the guys are I mean, they're probably working on something underneath. But if that's what keeps their momentum, if it's going to be putting all all of their songs or all of their effort into this one track, then I'm 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 with it. I'm open to it. I'm not mad about it. Um, but really, it does boil down to singles being released because you're trying to, um, I guess, find your groove. You haven't established a sound or style. You are still developing your brand and identity. And then this guy says, do you have a single track that has streamed 150,000? Uh, and then talking about how release radar works, which I can't imagine that Jimmy World would be reliant on that at all. But uh, they, I'm sure that they're, that whoever puts it and posts it on um, platforms, all they've got to do is they pitch it to Spotify. And then they, um, I guess if they pick it, then you're on the release radar, which I'm sure they would have popped up on my release radar but I went searching for this track. Um, there is also a 6-8 EP release strategy that uh, he goes, I was talking with a music lawyer friend, Eric German, a really smart guy and one of the few lawyers that is still out there going to shows and having meaningful conversations with the artists. He really cares about their business strategy. Uh, we had very similar thoughts on release strategy, but I really liked his 6-8 strategy. He framed it in the context of artists trying to get signed by labels, publisher publishers or expand their team you would release six releases over an eight-month period which is sort of an ep every year it's cost effective and gives you four months of the year to write record and prepare for the eight-month onslaught of promotion um and when you drip release when you release a drip of singles before an ep it's like it's called a waterfall strategy you are releasing a steady stream of singles that leads to the waterfall or album so there's some very yeah. interesting concepts that this guy goes over. But I'm sure that I, I imagine that the marketing department said, hey, let's try just doing a one off this one song. There's nothing behind it. We're going to explain that there's going to be nothing behind it and just see what it nets us. Yeah, lots of bands have been doing that. And uh, when I was more active on the chorus forums, I just haven't been in the last months. But like Angels and Airways did this with the Dreamwalker and they were signed to some record label. I don't remember what now. Victory, maybe. Um, 
and it was like I I think it's it's weird when a band you follow does it. It's not so weird when a band you don't follow does it. Right. And I think that's what the strategy is sort of talking about. Like, it's weird when I'm like Angels and Airwaves. I like Angels and Airwaves. There's 10 tracks on their new album and eight are already out. So there's two tracks I haven't heard. Like, that's so weird. Like, yeah. When the album comes out, I should only know like one or two songs. It's such a weird strategy that people are adopting. But then like, you know, let's say another band that I'm uh, I, I like a lot, but I don't know like a ton about um releases i know they have eight tracks out i'm like oh these are great oh there's a whole album coming out like you know what i mean it doesn't just doesn't bother me i might notice but it's uh i i don't take offense to it i guess uh. right <laughs> and for me when i'm searching out new music which i'll use release radar every now and again or uh on on spotify um but when they have them set up as singles it it just seems with the platform like spotify it's harder for me to jump from track to track naturally sometimes it might think that i'm listening to that one track on that one single and when it's done with the album it does that continuous play thing and so it'll play similar artists and i'll get it before i know it i'm like i'm not listening to uh charlie bliss anymore so it's a little funky in that regard i like the that idea that hey look they're trying something new whether it's jimmy world or these new upcoming bands it works i mean i want to say that's how olivia rodrigo did hers was she kind of dripped out a lot of the stuff, and that's how my sister yeah. Kirsa said, hey, you better watch out for Olivia Rodrigo. She's the next biggest thing. And then sure enough, <laughs> like her album dropped the next day, and it, you know. Um, so I'm all for it. It's just harder for me to search and listen to the consistent stuff from these artists. I guess I could just go to their, you know, their, their top plays, but. I, I find that I like to go to, I used to go to the top plays, but now I look for the essentials. Um, oh, okay. Because. Uh, the problem with top plays is if a band has released both a single and an album with that single on it, and then a remix and some soundtrack has that song on it, then four yeah. of the top 10 tracks are the same four track. Right. And maybe there's a radio edit or different version <laughs> or like, you know, the, the, uh, the one with the no curse words is like the second most popular. The acoustic version is the third most popular. And you're like, oh, God damn it. Like all <laughs> ten songs are all the same. Um, anyway, that's my take on it. All right. Let's get back into some more of these notes. Um, here's the release and reception. Uh, oh, no. Let's read the background for the song. Although new tracks, we're probably going to run in a bunch of the same stuff. Having released their 2019 album, this is the background of the song on Wikipedia. Only a few months before the start of COVID-19 pandemic, the band members elected not to use their time in quarantine writing new music as much as many other artists. Frontman Jim Atkins explained that the emotional and physical drain from very recently writing and releasing Surviving had put a lot of stress on him and felt that he wasn't in the right mindset to be writing new music yet. As COVID restrictions began to reduce, blah, 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 we read all this. Um, uh, I guess. Oh, what is this? What is this? Oh. Premier tried to do something and uh, it came uh, front and center. Here we go. Um, here is a quote from Jim. It's probably we've read most of it already twice. <laughs> <laughs> I guess a lot of those bands on that show, the We Were Young Festival, um, are kind of, I guess, part of the scene that we spent a lot of time sleeping on floors and playing to nobody in. And then they have to be very pop and then have that be very popular all of a sudden. It's just sort of like, huh, that's weird. Not uh like none of those were around when we were actually like doing that. And the fact 
that I love that they left all the likes in that like <laughs> it still connects with everybody is or you know a large amount of people it's just I don't know it gives you pause says Jim Atkins song is also a retrospective on the band's career as the lyrics recount their early days of touring and how they've grown as a band over the years Atkins discussed these themes in a press statement of this on the song feeling that i thought i made the most of those early ba- oh, here we go <laughs> uh yeah it doesn't work that way but maybe it's the age thing and experience do reveal the pitiful moments that are hard to grasp when you are in them okay so uh as as we are wont to do when songs are new uh seem regurgitated uh thing. yeah let's go to this let's go to this rock sound interview did you find this on youtube um no uh I it, you it, it, it came up like, yeah didn't click it all right, I shot your watch together link. I think it's at 105 if I search the transcript correctly. Let's listen to them actually say these words out loud. <laughs> uh, I'm going to jump to 105 here. All right. Working on obviously the most recent thing we've heard is that single something loud. Really, really great, man. Like really, really kind of Thanks. quintessential sound that you guys do. So, so <laughs> tell me a little bit about when that one kind of came together and uh, and the writing process, I guess, behind it. This is at 2000 Trees. Yeah. Um... yeah. It's an this idea that's been kicking around for a little while. Uh, I guess, you know, it's about over the last couple of years, I guess we've had a whole lot of time just to sit around in our own heads and sure. be thinking about stuff. Yeah. And, uh, you know, just being excited, like being excited to get out here and play again. It's just, it's just sort of offered a, a moment to kind of reflect on things and, you know, uh, kind of look at things with a new light of of uh, appreciation and like where we've come from and where we've been and it's just uh, it's about the the rock and roll experience yeah i heard a little bit somewhere that someone was saying that that incredible insane lineup for when we were young that's coming later in the year i heard that was almost uh maybe not an inspiration point but certainly like it's something that made you reflect in that kind of well, similar yeah, way sure right? because i mean it's i guess a lot of those bands on that show are kind of Here's that like, like here's all those likes. Spend a lot of time yeah. Sleeping on the <laughs> and playing to nobody in. Yeah. And then to have that be very popular all of a sudden is just sort of like, huh. That sounds better when that's, he says it. That's, yeah. That's weird. <laughs> like, no, no, none of those people were around when we were actually like sure. doing that. And the fact that like it still connects with everybody is, or, or a, you know, a large amount of people, it's, it's just a. Uh, I don't know. It gives you pause. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be an incredible show, that, by the way, later in the year. I cannot wait for that. It's going to be absolutely outrageous. Um, in terms of other new music stuff, Jim, I remember the last time I spoke with you. Was- mm-hmm. We'll come to that when we get to some, uh, uh, place your debts. Um, so there's that. And then there's three blurbs I got from this. Uh, Zach was on the My Mom's Basement podcast. Uh, 29 seconds is the first time he mentions the song. Let's jump to 29 seconds here on... My mom's Hello. basement. Hello, and welcome back to my mom's basement, ladies and gentlemen. Here we go. So something loud was, uh, you know, over the over the course of the COVID pandemic, we've we've known we um, we had some ideas floating around. So it was sort of the the idea musically that we felt like had the most excitement, I guess, and it sort of felt like we really wanted to do something kind of upbeat, uh, and so. Um, we kind of just picked it because of that, and then we we sort of how do you think this guy kicked ourselves out? in the pants to get it finished and <laughs> you know close it out. Um, but in terms of like where the song comes from, I think it was sort of like from Jim's perspective, it was kind of like a excitement for things to come and kind of like 
understanding and appreciating where we are now in our career and how that relates to where we were before when we were younger. And, you know, I think with age, you kind of get that um, appreciation of the moment. And I think that's kind of what the song is about is like looking back and learning that, you know, there's sort of some moments that come and go where you're not really in, in the moment and really appreciating it. Um, and so as we get older, I think we're more aware of that. And, and it's, I think, kind of a, a contrast of being a little bit older and wiser and then looking back on our younger selves. And um, that's at least what it kind of feels like to me. And I saw it was the first song that, or the first single that you guys released independently. And Jim right. said that it's left the band wanting to focus on less music, but hopefully more often. I'm letting Robbie Fox here uh, take the reins. <laughs> yeah, I think this is, you know, he's asking just all the right questions, man. As it relates to right now, you know, um, I think we, you know, the reality of it is, is coming out of the pandemic, um, you know, we had really surviving right before the pandemic hit. And uh, when we didn't get that opportunity to tour, very much on surviving and a lot of that whole album cycle just kind of vanished. Um, on the one hand, we kind of realized the reality that we needed to come up with new music. But on the other hand, we also acknowledged that like our band body clock was off, like all of a sudden, you know, we're sort of expecting ourselves to do something that in the past, having that sort of year and a half of touring was a really vital part of us in the creative process after we're you know when we wrap up touring then we kind of get into writing new music so when that whole step is removed um you don't get that time to really let your creative um like songwriting and coming up with new material sometimes you gotta like rest a little bit and not worry about doing that and so when we didn't really get that window of time we were a little bit daunted by the idea of making an album so i think you know uh so for us, I think we know at, at some point we need to make an album. Like, it's not like we can't just like say, okay, we're never making albums anymore. Um, the oh, there you go. Yeah. It's like if we had 12 amazing songs, we wouldn't be having this conversation, right? So like if we have, you have 12 great songs that all fit together, um, then, then we're putting on an album, you know, like that's easy. But we know like just sort of acknowledging our limitations and saying, you know, it's okay. Like, we don't have an album ready yet, but... Um, we do have some really promising ideas and we don't want to sit and like wait for a whole album to come together that just felt like an insurmountable hurdle. So kind of breaking it off by piece by piece is something that felt like, okay, let's just like get going with that and then see where that leads us. And we honestly don't really even know like exactly how this is going to play out. You know, it's very <laughs> fluid. Um, we're just kind of you know, something loud is, has had a really great response. So it's like, we're, we're kind of focused on supporting that. And, and then we'll kind of see what comes down the road later. And speaking of COVID shutting everything down. All right. So there's, that's a, a big chunk a four minute chunk on something loud. And the, the thought of some new music that 2304 gets mentioned again. Let's take a look and see what, what gets mentioned at 2304. Let Robbie Fox do our yeah. work for us. Thanks Robbie. Maybe something loud, like, you know, just the, the, to me, that's, it's the, that's. All right. I'm going to jump back a little bit. He asked some question about this. Let's go back to 15 seconds. I don't really have a reason for it. It just sort of feels like one, like sometimes just feels right. Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, dude, mm -hmm. uh, I missed the question. Yeah. Maybe something loud, like, Need you know, some just context the, here. The, to me, that's, it's, the, that's such a, the lyrics that Jim wrote for that song are 
really pertinent to us and like encapsulate kind of at least sort of the latter stages of our career, like looking back, being able to look back and, and um, you know, so doing some self-reflection, um, not only uh, uh, for Jim personally, but us as a band, I think that sort of definitely encapsulate something that we're trying to say or tap into now. I respect that. I like those three answers. Mm -hmm. <laughs> All right, so it was a, 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 a short part of a longer uh, question there. So, um, and uh, yeah, um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else I have track notes wise. Um, I have so many reaction videos. I can't. There, you know what? Them. I noticed the same thing. There are we. So the the last album for surviving, they had track by track uh, opinions. Right. So they listen to a yes. little clip. Yeah. And then, so they would do a whole album in maybe 15 minutes. Right. They talk about it. This seems like the yep. first thing that they've put out where at least five that I three or four that I came across. Um, I think I have six or seven. Yeah. <laughs> um, the one I'm most interested in, I think, is this Aussie Metalheads react. They're pretty good. Um, I mean, well, is that oh, the wrong accent? You, yeah, you, I watched a, a few minutes of theirs. Yeah. All right, let's watch a couple. Let's watch a little bit of them. Let's let's see what their reaction to uh, watching this video is. I think they do a pun intro also. Oh hell yeah! All right, that was perfect. <laughs> <laughs> what happened? I don't know. That was bizarre. There you go. Just hydrated now. Are you hydrated now? I wish we had the soundproofing there. That echoed way too much. Sorry, I had to do something loud. Oh my god. <laughs> there's times I enjoy doing yeah. this channel with you. And then there's the rest of the time. The rest of the time. Yeah. Today we're checking the brand new track from Jimmy World Something Loud. First time for Jimmy on the channel. First things first, good morning party people. You didn't say that, did you? First things first, I'm the realist. <laughs> I think you get hey. reference to those you playing at home. Hey. Hi. Hey. Hey, girlfriend. Uh, Jimmy World is a band that we both. Adore. Do adore Jimmy World. And we've never featured them on the channel. They have not released new music since we've done the channel. So, Jimmy? Welcome back, baby. I almost want to <laughs> Jimmy is not a bad boy, thoughts. as you may think. He's jump. a man, man. Jimmy World, it's, Air it's, Professional I'm going to jump a minute band. to the That's end. Yeah. And they played live at it and stuff. Yeah, cool. Um, and I really liked that album, too. I think we talked about this recently. I was like, that album for me is a back-to-back -back banger. Um... But yeah, they, they never really were a mainstay. But also, straight rock like that didn't really become or stay in Australia. The radio stations that play rock here are like, yeah, it's not Foo Fighters or Red Chili Peppers. Chili Peppers. Yeah. yeah. Anywho, oh what do you guys God. think of that? Have you checked out Jimmy Eat World before? Would absolutely recommend doing a deep dive. Just go listen to, like, this is Jimmy Eat World on Spotify. Yeah, mm. they love it. Yeah, so. they do. <laughs> not surprised. Um... All right. Um, anything else that, I mean, there's just so many things, but it just all seems to be regurgitating the same stuff. So I'm trying to avoid that. Uh, here, something loud behind the scenes. Uh, there was a behind the scenes video shot uh, when they did the uh, music video. Did you see this? No. I've seen this. I've heard about it. Uh, it's a very short clip that's posted to their YouTube page. So we're here on the set. Filming our video for something loud in our garage. It's actually a lot like a gig. We have uh, the PA that we used to practice out of for many years and the fan that's not on. That's a lot like a show. 
<laughs> there it is. And the fan the is not on as he kicks it. <laughs> um, so yeah, that is it for additional links. Sweet. And uh, shall we jump into community? Let's do it, man. I'm going to scroll back up. Um, Sweet. Yeah, let's start. I think this was the top. Uh, this was the top post when you searched for it, and this was something loud posted two months ago by Seebs. So this was around that. Uh, let's see. I can't see the exact date. Was it? Yeah, June 9th It was posted. So it, this must have been Seebs. Must be further back, ahead in time rather. Uh, and then these were the comments on it. Uh, that bridge, they just can't miss. And I think this is what see when Seeps was in the Discord listening to it with us that morning. Uh, said they said the same thing. This one is a grower for me. Uh, I like the sound. Prefer heavier Jew. Definitely feels like an evolution of surviving vibe. More technical changes uh, and background leads. That bridge was fucking killer. To me, that's the hook. <laughs> Yeah, and a lot of other people here like it. This song is legit. I'm on board. I got to say, I was hooked immediately. Not a grower for me. An instant. I fucking love this band. <sighs> yeah. I got the video comments over on Chorus FM. I love this band so much. Uh, they never miss. Guitar tones to die for. Best lead single since Big Casino, says Former Planets. As someone said here before, every three years, like clockwork. Uh-huh. <laughs> And uh, let's see, let's see, anybody else? Uh, oh, here's, uh, is that a subtle way of introducing Robin as an official member of the band? Uh, and somebody says, I mean, he's not wiki official yet, but who's to say? Um, song literally brought a smile to my face. So good. All-time favorite band for the last 22 years. They never disappoint. I should grab tickets to the show in Toronto since the one in 2020 got canceled. Um, yeah, everybody just loves it. I'm looking for hate, actually. Let's. Uh, oh, here you go. I really didn't care the, for this on Friday, and then I listened twelve times in a row today. Officially obsessed. So that's the most <laughs> critical I got. Uh, okay. <laughs> this one was from user Kiwi. You familiar with Kiwi? Um, maybe Kiwi was the user that I think. Yeah, it's in this thread. The the credibility that they have of of leaking stuff early. And they have since deleted their account, not just deleted the post or uh, took their comments away. Oh, deleted it. Right. So uh, this was, oh yeah, number 13 lives uh, source on this. Nothing announced on Twitter or Instagram. And this was, uh, I mean, how many days before this? This was posted on June 3rd, so a week before this uh, release. And that, that stuff, once I think, I don't think, I don't know if this was a catalyst for it, but I remember that the information really started to flow after this moment over the course of that week up until we realized, I think it was maybe 24 hours a day or 24 hours before we all agreed that this was happening for real, but it was a while ago. Uh, so they posted this. That was user Kiwi. Let's see where they say, hopefully a new album. Uh, what did they do? No. Oh yeah. This is what I wanted to ask here. So futures past in this thread says, I don't see the song on ASCAP repertory yet. The only unaccounted for title is shadow. And that was added back when the songs from surviving were added. Not saying this isn't legit. I was just hoping to be able to confirm it. I remember being the first one on the Jimmy world forum to have the entire track list for chase this light plus stop. Um, and then minty nine Oh one, any more info? Yeah, I got to figure out how Steven's doing the sorting because the, ASCAP repertory that I use doesn't have a way to sort by date added um, because I did want to come up with a list of all the songs that we know 
thus far. Yeah. Uh, including place your debts. And I don't know. I, I couldn't. I was too lazy to find the post that listed them all. And I was like, well, I could just pull it myself. I'll sort it. And I couldn't figure out how to do it. So. Like, do you just scroll through and like, I don't know the uh, name. I don't know that song. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll have to ask him his. Uh, his I almost started ways. doing that. And I was like, no, I don't know half the yeah. song names. <laughs> <laughs> uh Oh, yeah. And then just giving the uh, leaning into the credibility of the uh, user Kiwi. Uh, but that song Shadow that showed up, right? I remember seeing there's a few other tracks. But the, I, Shadow, Place Your Debts, Something Loud, and uh, oh, um, the Failure song. Yeah. Which was um, titled Failure. Yeah. Is that what it was yeah. called? Yeah. Yes. I was like, it's not called Ken Andrews. It must be called Failure. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, the last. The last one that I have from Reddit was just from a couple of months ago. So most recently uh, from Eternity. In particular, I absolutely love the bridge. It sounds almost like it's off clarity. And the chorus uh, sounds like it could fit perfectly on Bleed American. So glad they've dropped this song for us. Unlike many other bands, like I like looking at you, Blink, Jew manages to put out new music that's not hard, uh, not trying hard to be modern or poppy or whatever. <laughs> and they stay true to their band, uh, to the way that their band has always been. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And that's what I got for uh, community. I Yeah. And we, uh, if anybody wants to hear Jake T. O'Donnell's thoughts, they're going to have to tune in next week because I'm sure it'll be in our uh, our uh, housekeeping. But he was going to try to put something he together. Did. But I told him very, very. Oh, he did? You, oh, you, you must have right. marked it as red. Can you read through his I thing made then? sure oh, I didn't mark bad. it as red on purpose. Are you ready for this? Yes, please. Thank you. All right. Hey guys, thanks for reaching out for my thoughts on Something Loud. As I said on the pod interview I did with Justin, this song rocks my fucking ass off. One of my favorite (laughs) nights of this year was staying up late when a post on Rick's Instagram made it apparent a new song was arriving. I must have listened to it five times in a row before passing out. Just constant chills at the opening chords, the solo riff, Jim's lyrics and vocals, all the guys screaming, All night! Man, what a song, and what a brilliant return after nearly three years without any new music from them. The band has gone in some really interesting and creative directions, starting with Integrity Blues, but one of my favorite things about Something Loud is how much it harkens back to their roots. It's rocking dudes playing dudes rock. Not a ton of frills, not so much not much studio wizardry. They, they wanted to make a rock song, so they did, and it's bursting at the seams with life and energy. Lyrically, it hits so much classic Jew territory. Who's the person you want to be? Is the past you experienced really what you thought it was? Did you really have it all figured out back then? What are you doing about it now? Musically, the hugeness of the guitars stands out so much. They do so many things with them in just this one song. They capture the sound of the 80s metal stuff we know these guys grew up loving without being kitschy in any way. In my opinion, the band's two most satisfying pure guitar rock songs since Big Casino are this and the surviving title track. It's hard for me to say exactly where this song would slot in an updated Top 100. It would be Top 50 for sure, possibly Top 30, but since it's only a few months old, I'd want more time with it to be able to definitively say. One thing I can say is that with Something Loud, Jimmy at World became one of the few bands that can say they made totally kick-ass rock music in at least four different decades. Pretty amazing for four dudes from Mesa. Thanks again, and party on dudes, JTO. <laughs> Man, that's so sick. <laughs> oh, Yes. What a treat. Yes. I'm so glad I reached out. Yeah, and I'm so glad I was able to surprise you by maybe accidentally marking his <laughs> earlier. Yeah, man. Whoops. 
So uh, I pulled up. There's two good live performances that I pulled, but I think I just want to watch the one. So there's 2,000 Trees is the first uh, that is on YouTube of them playing it live. But there was Transmit 2022, which is quote-unquote pro shot. Um, so it's a board record of them playing a festival show. So I do want to play because I noticed that they're doing the Futures intro. I just want to hear it. <laughs> and then I will jump to uh, 3926, where we can hear them uh, debut something loud on a pro shot board record. <laughs> Man, Rick's pants are cuffed so high, so greasy. He slides when he runs. We just got done changing That's some what oil. We say in high school, when we cuff our pants. Do the bass. How do you like? Where do you even choose a, a part to pause? Yeah, okay. I know, right? So uh, I'm gonna jump to 3926. That was just us for us. Um, I'm gonna give it a little bit and see if Jim gives it any preamble here. Thanks a lot, everybody. <laughs> There's a song about finding yourself in rock and roll. It's called Something Loud. Cool. I'm gonna go and let them play it because I want to hear them nail it live. Still not used to Tom being on that side of the stage. There was a one who got away. There was a first for everything. You can really see Rick playing high up on the neck here. Yeah, tight. Nice tight on Rick, man. I want Zach to have a mic.
Yeah. Somebody called that dude out yeah. uh, on the Facebook group. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, who is this dude? He knew every word to every song, deep cuts and the new ones. Look at how happy Zach is. <laughs> well, that was cool. Oh, um, man. I would have directed that differently and mixed it differently. And I think I'm probably just spoiled from that Christian James Hand yeah. stems thing. Yeah. But like Robin's back there doing so much and it's lost yep. in the mix and you never get a shot of him shredding yeah. or anything. Um. So, but yeah, otherwise, uh, terrific performance. Yeah. I heard, I heard it down in the mix, but anyway. Um, All right. Um, A couple things. I've got a TikTok lip sync video. I did not watch. Did you see this? I did not watch the tip, the TikTok. Um, No. This is a, this is the beginning of our cover section here. Uh, This is posted by, I don't know. It says Jimmy World and Selena Selena Gomez. Let's see what this is. Play on it. So it says Jimmy World and Selena Gomez Super Fan, Super Fan 1998. This is me lip syncing to Jimmy World's new song Something Loud on TikTok. I mean, it's exactly what it is. I'm gonna give him an upvote. Yeah. 72 views. Let's see. Nice shirt. <laughs> In the comments. Yeah. Now, this is a Jimmy World and Selena Gomez super fan. Do you think they know the pot exists? Oh, man, that was fun. So, <laughs> yeah, man. Do you think they know the pot exists, being uh, Selena Gomez and Jimmy World super fan? Um, <laughs> I would hope so. Let us know. 44. <laughs> J pod. Uh, well, uh, before we get into covers proper, uh, I have Whack Boy who posted, what did it say? It says something loud Jimmy Eat World sped up. Well, we know what that is. That's called Nightcore, baby. <laughs> so uh, here is a little Nightcore version. I, didn't, I don't know how much sped up it is, but let's take a listen. I didn't see any sped up versions of the song, so I made one. I might take requests, so if y'all have any songs you'd like me to speed up, feel free to ask. Says Whack Boy. Yeah, 
I'm giving a comment that says perfection. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I don't know. The kids like it. I don't know what to say. Okie doke. So we've got two drum covers, a bass cover, and a guitar. I mean, these are all play-alongs, right? Uh, um, yes. I do so, like the sound of the guitar one, though. All right, let's take a listen. This is uh, the bada-bum. Yes. With a zero for the um. <laughs> bada-bum. Um, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm going to go ahead and play this and watch together. and see uh, if there's any trivia to gather here from the uh, description. I don't own this song. All rights belong to their respective owners. And what is this? This is like a strap body with a Schechter neck or something. I'm confused about what I'm looking at here. What it, it did, did one of those things yeah, where it, it jumped to the middle. Let's go ahead and hit play. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Sick. I feel like they're playing like 13 gauge strings too. Look how thick their uh, lower the EAD strings are. See this bridge. Yeah, we're gonna see him going to the bridge. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The punch in. <laughs> I love that they punched in closer, man. Look at those hammer-ons, baby. Jeez. Yeah, Man, that was tight. That well done. So good. The bada bum. Bada bum. All right, let's uh, let's go to the low end of the spectrum now, and let's hear the, uh, <laughs> Amanda best, Rogers. Slap it up, See if there's anything to glean here. Lyrics here in the description. That's it. Christopher Buber says, awesome cover. Finger style, man. Is a Music Man bass. Yeah. <laughs> or at least Music Man style. Sounds like a Music Man, too. Yeah. 
Hell yeah, man. I'm gonna bet that I'm gonna find an MXPX cover on Amanda Rogers' page. I have not seen MXPX, but she's got maybe one of the most unexpected and best covers I could have expected. I could have hoped for. Well, what's that one? I'll, I'll play it in its. Oh, uh, let's go to it because this is great. See if you remember this one, baby. All right, let's see. Oh my gosh! Right. Oh, dude, look at that bass. Look at that. It's like 48 strings. <laughs> mm. Hell yeah, man. Yes. Mm. Good lord. Terrific! What a de- what a delight! Yes. But I all right. Do, but I do, okay. Do, so do. I was so excited. So there's two drum covers. Let's listen to the first. This is the right. uh, Japanese uh, cover. I assume this is Japanese it looks like kanji. And uh, let's go ahead and I'll listen. I'll uh, oh, I did that thing again. Every time I click on the uh, video to read the uh, stuff here. Yes. Have we come across this person before? Ample. <sighs> Maybe. Let's, uh, Sounds good. Everything's kanji. No, this is the only Jimmy World cover on this uh, page. I'm gonna go ahead and translate the kanji here. I copied something loud Jimmy by Jimmy Eat World. The tempo is slow and difficult. It's very difficult to suddenly put 16 from the back. Interesting. Hashtag drum copy. What do you think that means? It's very difficult to suddenly put 16 from the back. We don't drum enough, man. Hell yeah. Impressive. Oh, that was fun. Yeah. I don't understand. 
I don't understand the uh, 16 from the back thing or whatever. But, uh, oh, you know what? I wonder if it's 16th notes in the second verse. That's what he's doing right now. Yeah. Yeah. Next is Drew Smith. This was just posted yesterday as of when we recorded this. Did you see Drew Smith? No, I didn't because I did my research a couple days ago. Amazing. Pretty sure we've seen Drew Smith. It's like a hybrid electric kit. That's what Alex Milton plays, huh? No, I guess he plays a full electronic, right? Uh, yes. I'm pretty sure. Here's my drum cover of Something Loud by Jimmy Eat World. Tell me what you think. Enjoy. Don't forget to like and subscribe. It helps a lot. Thank you. Drew or Drum on Instagram. Another, that was terrific. Yes. he And I don't think we've seen it before because he didn't have any other Jimmy World covers. Yeah. But another in the line for this episode of great and unexpected covers. <laughs> All right. Wait until you, I can't imagine this isn't good. The thumbnail is so great. All right. Oh, my gosh. All right. that <laughs> <laughs> I'm so happy. This is awesome. This is great. This is Sonic the Hedgehog. I'm pretty sure Sonic <laughs> 1, Green Hill Zone. One of the my favorite games of all time. Favorite characters. Not enough comments on this. When was this video posted? I love that all the sounds are here. August 17th. So only a couple weeks ago. This is terrific. Were you a big Sonic man? Uh, what's that? Were you a big Sonic? Oh man? yeah, I had a, yeah, I had the Genesis. Um, I uh, could not afford the Super Nintendo, <laughs> so I got a hand-me-down Genesis. So I played a lot of Sonic. Yeah. Same. So much great music in the Sonic. Oh games. yeah, it's especially Sonic Three because Michael Jackson did a bunch of those songs. <laughs> Is that the one with All the right. Knuckles? Yep. Okay. And then there's Sonic and Knuckles, and then you could plug Sonic 3 into Sonic and Knuckles and go back and play as Knuckles in the Sonic 3 uh, Plugged it into what? Levels. A Game Genie? Uh, no. Sonic and Knuckles had a door on the top of oh, it. Oh, dude. And you could plug a cartridge on top. You could also plug Sonic 2 into Sonic and Knuckles and play as Knuckles. That's wild. Yeah, man. It was the best. Um. All right. I've A, Rave DJ... Did you make a rave? I made two. Both are terrible. Same band. Really? Do you want me to give you a choice? What'd you you make? Ugh. So I I mixed it with ACDC. I I wouldn't know. (laughs) So Back in black? 
Do you want something thunderstruck or loud and black? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> um, I like thunderstruck. Okay, I think you're not gonna like it now. Um, <laughs> it was the worst of the two. <laughs> Here oh, we go. Man. Something thunderstruck. And why? Just because of the font and the aesthetic of it? It just gets off right away. That's why you chose the song, though, is the aesthetic. Oh, yes. The yeah. aesthetic of the uh, yeah. art. <laughs> it's off, man. And so, yeah, what was your theory about why it was off? Because Jim starts on the end? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, I see. Yeah. It's like it's like a little gremlin underneath. Ah! Yeah, I just don't even hear much happening. Yeah. <laughs> Weird. Yeah, it's like it's like Rave DJ just gave up on us. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah, it's like no. Put it on auto. Okay, so this is loud love triangle, and I don't think it works. Yeah, it's a rough start. Yeah. I'm hoping it goes somewhere. No. That's Sonic in there, too? (laughs) (laughs) How are they so off? What's funny is it's showing Jim singing, so I'm seeing Jim (laughs) sing in this low voice. It wants to work. Hey, that yeah, kind of works. It's misinterpreting where the one yeah. is. Yeah. Unfortunately. Bummer. Damn it, Jim, starting on the and. <laughs> it's like one and two. Oh, one and two, one and two, one. And one and two and three and one. Yeah, it's weird. It's like a weird. It is on the and, but yeah, it's on a weird and. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, hopefully we get Austin Gavin on this episode. If yeah. not, uh, I hope everybody enjoyed this weird digression into the uh, the history of a brand new song. So, yeah. Um, Justin, what are your final thoughts on the song "Something Loud" by Jimmy Eat World? I think it's it's a beast of a song. Uh, it's nice to to hear it broken down by Christian James Hand, but even without that, the chunkiness of that guitar intro, uh, and then that little lead into the bridge that is just wah. Uh, this is an amazing rock song, and I can't wait to hear it played live. Yes, uh, agreed. Um, it's one of my favorite chord progressions. I'm so glad that they did something in this. Uh, it should have meshed more cleanly with Bizarre Love Triangle. It should have. Um, and I hope that we get to talk to them about <laughs> uh, yeah. this Bizarre Love Triangle uh, chord progression. But um, but yeah, um, if, you, uh, if you have some young neighbors uh, that are uh, playing something loud <laughs> in their uh, garage because uh, they're in a garage band or they just listen to music loud please remember to be excellent to each other and party on dudes and we're clear Sack my balls <laughs> <laughs>
Ladies and gentlemen, my voice is gone, uh, but we were able to track down this interview, which we've been tracking since the Something Loud video came out. Uh, director himself, Austin Gavin, welcome to the podcast. How do you do? Thank you. It's uh, I'm doing good. A little jet lagged. I got back from Korea last night, so I actually just woke up. And but. let's talk about that, because that's been actually part of the reason it's been tough to lock you down, man. You are a traveling musician uh, yeah. slash videographer. So let's let's talk about who Austin Kevin is. Yeah. Um, so um, I worked for a marketing agency for the last like seven years. And last summer I decided to go full time freelance and left the job and started just being able to take on more opportunities that I felt like I was missing out on. So. Over the last year, I've been traveling as a drummer and uh, videographer and photographer, as well as even drum teching for certain artists, too. So um, and uh, actually, Zach was has been like kind of a help in that regard of just like whenever I've had questions about that, he's always been super helpful. And so, yeah, last summer I took the kind of leap to do it on my own and um yeah, so I've been gone this whole summer, basically, and moving to Nashville. So it's been hard to find some time, but I'm glad we finally were able to. Get Absolutely. Yeah. We had a singer songwriter on a couple of weeks ago that just moved to Nashville. That's the place you want to be if you want to be in the music industry, for sure. Yeah, it kind of I never was the type that um, thought I would leave Arizona. But then as I've done this freelance thing this last year, um, it just kind of started making sense to relocate for at least a little bit so yeah why not yeah um so uh let's talk about you as a musician is that uh, i know you were working for an agency before what were you sort of playing that balancing act of like going out and playing shows being a musician and also holding a day job at an agency doing i assume creative work like you're still doing now freelance yeah so i was a part of the video department um for that agency and helped kind of build that um with a bunch of great friends that are still really great friends um, and super supportive of me leaving and doing my own thing. But yeah, so um, one of the artists I play for, they only do like 50 to 60 shows a year. So it's pretty easy to, um, it was easy to take time off of work and go play. And it's a lot of the weekend stuff. Um, but as I was able to kind of over this last year, be able to say yes more, it opened up a lot more. I want to, I used to only kind of do the international stuff with them. And um, so that was a little bit more of bigger trips because I'd go out and do video work for them. And now it's kind of shifted to uh, being able to do a lot more of their stuff throughout the year. And so even actually on this trip, like we left a little early and went and filmed some stuff before the shows. So it's kind of like a cool double dip of um, being able to play drums and also be able to bring my camera and do stuff for them that way. And actually um, the they have a live element player who also plays drums. So on these shows, I actually hopped off the drums for one song and he played drums so I could take photos and stuff and video. Nice. Yeah, so it's kind of cool. That is dope, man. Uh, I love double dipping in the middle of a show. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So what's your background? Where'd you grow up? I grew up born and raised in Arizona. Um, and lived there my whole life, literally up until about a month ago. Um, and uh, let's see, I started getting into drums when I was like 10 years old. And um, 
finally got a drum set around that time. And then um, my dad actually like showed me bands like Jimmy Worlds and Red Hot Chili Peppers, Blink-182, Third Eye Blind. And like that was like all really intriguing to me. And it's kind of funny. All great to, drummers. Yeah, yeah. And um, it was actually Travis Barker that was like the one that I was like, oh, that makes me want to play drums. Like I heard drums for the first time, I feel like. And um, so I started kind of because of him. And then throughout that, listening to Jimmy World and Third Eye Blind and Foo Fighters and all that, um, kind of developed that passion for just like rock on the floor kind of stuff. In and, addition uh, to being kind of like me, a video nerd, right? So like, yeah, it's funny. I never thought I would be doing photo and video. And looking back as a kid, I would take my dad's camera and I would always take photos and stuff. And um, but it was never. It was something after I played in a band, when I left the band I was in at like 19, that's when photo and video kind of started picking up. Cause I was, I'd picked it up while playing in a band to like market our Instagram and stuff. And then um, opportunities just kind of started happening with photo and video. So it's kind of a weird thing. It wasn't something that I was like, I'm going to be, um, this is, I'm going to make money doing photo and video. But then after that, it was up until now and still um it actually became more of my profession than music was for a long time that's um, rad yeah and um i had met zach um at a church in arizona and um he just was super super rad and was down to help kind of like i actually got lessons from him for a little bit and um also he was super kind to i was a kid that didn't have any money to buy drum stuff so he was super like hey i've got extra hardware extra you know kick drum pedals and stuff but like just lying around and so that was always kind of a really cool relationship that i think did kind of keep me in with drumming um and he taught me a lot at a young at a young enough age like 19 18 that he's like you know travis barker's great to look up to but he's like a special kind of occasion um he's like you need to learn how to just hold it down and like he's like don't build your foundation off that so that changed my perspective as a drummer um and around that time yeah just being able to hang out with him and going into his studio the jimmy world studio and stuff and having these lessons and i remember one time i went in and jim was there and he's like hey he's like i'm jim i'm like yeah i know um <laughs> hi Jim Adkins. <laughs> yeah. But um, so that was kind of a cool thing. And then when I stopped playing in a band, I really didn't play drums for kind of a while. So um, and then for the next seven years, it was all photo and video. And that's where I started building up chops, doing a lot of that. And then probably the last four years. Yeah, I was right around the COVID when COVID started. I started playing drums more again so that's rad man so let's talk um obviously so you you uh you got this great from proximity of where you lived running into zach at church getting to know him and getting that sort of like it sounds like an awesome mentorship like Mm -hmm. like almost like a big brother like that has the resources and the, the experience to sort of like point you in great directions right um 
over that time, had you done any video or photo work in that off time for Jimmy Eat World before the Something Loud video? Um, not not necessarily. What it what it was was, and yeah, Zach was a super great mentor in that regard, and it was it was cool too because it wasn't like I one I always tried to be really respectful, like never blowing up his phone or whatever and annoying him and so it wasn't like we were like chatting every day it was just like i would try to save up and be like all right i've got this question and could use some advice on this like whatever so um and it's crazy because now it's been like 10 years of just kind of at least a relationship and um i when i worked for the agency we had gotten photo passes to photograph them in florida and then in arizona and so, but that wasn't like hired work or anything. It was more just like, hey, can we get a photo pass? And so I got a photo pass and photographed their shows. And um, that was really the extent of it. And then I think just throughout Zach following me on Instagram, he just kind of would see the stuff that I was up to. And um, this the Something Loud video was the first thing that was actually like a project with Jimmy World sick so yeah here's here's my biggest question about it was uh we we as the fan base mm-hmm. knew that they were recording um we'd seen jmj in the studio with them all that stuff around that time zach posted a tweet on april 20th in tempe looking for a badass photo video artist in the phoenix area if you know of any please at me i sort of scrubbed through there i didn't see you reach out directly in there um or anybody suggest you but was that post there maybe him looking for somebody to do the video once Mike had passed away and, and they were sort of looking to, to do this video. Yeah. So actually um, it's funny. I was, I remember I was in Tucson uh, working with another um, friend of mine on a video and um, we've been doing like a documentary this last year. And um, I was there with him and we were at U of A and Zach texted me and it's always a fun day when you see a text come in from Zach and you're like, all right, and he's like, hey, man, um, he's like, are you available for um, a music video shoot on these days? He sent a couple of days. And I was like, yeah, like I'm in town. And um, I remember one being stoked about that because I was starting to travel a lot. And um, so it was actually like a weekend that I was in town. And um, he was like, cool. Um, so immediately I called my dad and I'm like, dad, Zach asked if I'm around for this project. And he's like, oh, yeah. He's like, I saw Zach tweeted that he was looking for a videographer. And I was like, you didn't say anything to me. Like I, so I didn't see that. I don't know if anybody told him. I never really like asked. I just, I just assumed he just was like, Oh wait, I should hit up Austin. Um, and so actually what the original plan was is I was going to help um, Mike with that video. So then he put me in contact with Mike and I was talking to Mike that week. This was the week before the shoot. So it was, a pretty quick thing. Um, and, uh, um, yeah, so Mike was coming from LA. He needed to borrow some photo gear. So I was going to help with that. And then I was going to, um, shoot behind the scenes stuff and also camera operate for the music video. Um, so the original idea was, um, I was going to kind of, it was the BTS was going to play into the music video, the style that they were, going for and then um i was actually going to be in the music video too which that would have been pretty wild yeah right (laughs) yeah and um 
And so it actually was the day before we were supposed to shoot, Zach texted me and he was like, hey, dude, um, kind of weird thing, but Mike passed away last night. Um, so we're figuring out kind of what we have to do for the music video. So originally Mike and I were supposed to work on it together. And um, I was just like, I've never been in any kind of situation like that. And so I was like, all right, well, basically they still had to make a, a video. Like it didn't mean that they could just, you know, not do it. And so I was like, well, if you need me to like come down and we can kind of try to pivot. Cause he had asked, he was like, would you feel comfortable trying to do the, the, the video still? And I was like, yeah, I was like, of course. Um, he's like, all right. He's like, I think we're going to try to pivot on the idea um, because we just need it. It was a really quick turnaround. And so uh, he's like, yeah, if you can come down and we can kind of go through it and see what we're feeling. So that day I went down to the studio and um, was just hanging with them and figuring out kind of what to do. And um, that's when we landed on doing it in their garage and just kind of making it look more like a live session. Yeah. Well, yeah. It came out great, man. And uh, I hadn't done the timelines enough to realize that it all had happened sort of all that all in that same time. Mm -hmm. We knew that Mike had been involved with a version of the video and we thought that that had been a wash mm -hmm. long before. I didn't realize it was so tight. Um, so thank you for sharing that. Yeah, um, that's uh, incredibly sad. Um, yeah, it was a really weird position to be in, to be honest, where it's like this one it was already a great opportunity i'd been talking with mike i'd never met him in person but just through the phone and was super excited to work with him and then for that to happen it was definitely just really weird and then for it to be like all right we still got to work on it you know and um it was just a, it still feels kind of like a weird thing that um I, I imagine I, I can't. Yeah. yeah, I can't imagine that it's not. What's nice is that it doesn't come through in the work other than that. There's a great epitaph at the end of the video that sort of like shouts it out um, yeah. again, at least to us fans on uh, it was pretty transparent in that, you know, obviously that we knew that there was a loss and uh, the performances, the pr production, everything is pretty uh, uh, transparent to us, the audience. None of that comes through. So um, I guess I suppose people listening to this interview will get that context now, but, um, yeah, that's, yeah. that's, that's pretty wild, man. What a, what a crazy circumstance to be in. So then, uh, you go out, you post, you turn around the video really quickly. What's that post process like? Yeah. So, um, and actually this was kind of a fun little fact too. When I got to the studio, they were recording some live, like, it just seemed like they were, I don't know if they were rehearsing for shows, but they were all in their studio playing and recording um and they were playing it was i got there and they're like yeah we're gonna finish up recording like if you want to hang out here you can or if you want to wait outside like whatever and i was like i'll totally sit in here and jim got me like headphones and so but they were recording um hear you me which was just kind of like a really cool way to go into this weekend and just hearing them kind of sing that and about and i don't know if it was related at all i just it was just kind of a cool coincidence maybe but so that was a cool thing to kind of like yeah what a vibe set yeah to hear them play like literally sit in the studio and just hear them play that through like and have headphones and just like all right wow this is crazy like 
And um, so then we spent the weekend after that figuring out the idea. And um, Jim was really clear on, it was really nice working with him because he really had a, a very good idea of what he wanted, which is super helpful. So when we landed on doing it in the garage, he was like, yeah, he's like, I want to kind of have it where it's like super static shots in the beginning. And then as like the second verse comes in, um, it's more movement and a little bit wider. And like that kind of keeps unraveling throughout. So the video itself, he's like, since there's no storyline, our like character and our arc will be camera movement. And I was like, wow, that's what a creative. That's great. Yeah. yeah. And I'm going to carry that forever. Cause like when I watched that specifically and I s- still watch the video, I'm like, man, that's, it really does keep you entertained. I think throughout. And so that was super helpful that he knew what he wanted then. And, um, I, because I knew it was going to be a crazy turnaround and I obviously didn't want to delay on Jimmy world. And, you know, um, I was actually, I knew I was going to Amsterdam with my family that week too, but I was just like, you know what, this is like the perk of being freelance. Like I'm taking the job and it doesn't matter where I am in the world. Like I'll get it done. And so I didn't even really say anything to them that I was leaving the country. I was just kind of like, I'm going to shoot this and I will edit it. I'm going to be super jazzed to be editing the Jimmy world video. Like this is the opportunity of a lifetime and, and it's just cool. Like I don't mind listening to something loud. That was the other cool part. It was genuinely like a really great single and great song. And, um, and you're like the first person to hear it. (laughs) Yeah. It was super special. Like, and that's like that style of song is like the classic Jimmy world that I love. So just where it's like the nostalgic rock and, you know, loud guitar, big drums. And um, so when I shot it, um, I had help with two great friends that were super willing to just show up. I didn't even tell them who it was for. I just told them where it was at. And then they got there and they're like, wait, we're filming Jimmy world. And I was like, yep. (laughs) And um, so they helped me and we shot, I overshot it for sure, but I just wanted to make sure that I got everything that I needed and, they were super, super great and super down to keep doing takes and stuff, which was awesome. And um, the other thing I really liked about working with Jim too, is it felt like he was, he was very straightforward in a good way where it's just like, it's like, yeah, like, you know, I told him, I was like, I know you haven't seen my work, but I promise you like, this is going to turn out all right. You know, he's like, yep. He's like, you know, that seems like it. So whatever, like, it was just really, it was a cool experience. And then we spent the weekend setting up the garage which was super helpful. So, and he was super down to just help make it great. So it was me, him and Zach pretty much at the studio setting up the garage. They had a backline for Europe that was shipping out. So all that gear in the video, that's like the guitar vaults and drums and all that, that was all being um, backlined to uh, Europe for a few months, which was kind of a cool thing. I didn't realize that they literally send their gear over. So they don't use backlines or anything. They have their own that basically was going out there for months, like four months that they would just take when they would get there. Cause it was cheaper to just leave it there and stuff. So um, we set up the back line and set up the drums and set up lights and all this. And um, the other idea was as the bridge came in to like kind of flicker all the lights and then the last chorus, all these like lights in the background turn on. So like, it's more dark and just black and white. I mean, it's black and white the whole time, but um, just the super one. high contrast at the beginning. Yeah, and then 
more lights pop on as the song gets past that bridge and um which was also i thought a cool touch so we would when we would be filming we would actually um one of us would be with a um we had it all plugged into one power outlet so literally when the last chorus hits like we would manually turn on the lights so it was like that was really fun too that it was all actually practical effects so like the bridge the lighting was like all strobes so like i just it actually was able to like really give that effect and i did some editing where some shots i made looked like they were strobed but um the post-production was super easy because of how clear jim was so i edited the video um i basically wrote a storyboard in premiere i edit in premiere yep and um i had edited the entire video before we even shot it so i had all of my camera cuts and everything that i wanted and like the style of shot that i wanted before we even edited or shot the video i mean and so that was super helpful after we filmed it um i literally just I've never done it this way before. And it's something that I might do in the future again, too. Um, I was, uh, I was able to basically have the full video done almost in like a day or two because of that. So the post was super easy. And then I went to Amsterdam and was editing out of a coffee shop in Amsterdam every morning, which was just so badass. Like that was, <laughs> that was a wild thing. And so, um, got the video, to a place that I felt good and sent it off to them. And I think I literally had two rounds of revisions with them. Like it was because they knew what they wanted. It was, I was able to really deliver it on the, on the back end that way. And so, yeah, it was about a week after we shot. Um, I think I had finished the video and told them, I was like, yeah, I'm in, I'm in Amsterdam right now. So I'm on a different time zone than you guys. And they were like, yeah. <laughs> like and uh, they were giving me recommendations on their favorite spots. in Amsterdam. Nice. <laughs> yeah wow what a whirlwind man that's that's wild yeah it was it was quite the experience and it was also because it went so fast like it was all within like a week week and a half um it was kind of like a thing once it was done it was like oh man this is that was like now i'm sad it's over because that was just yeah <laughs> a super awesome video to be a and then part it's of almost it. like did that happen like <laughs> yeah it's it's weird even still um it still doesn't really feel like a real thing and you know, I've done music videos and I've done, I've worked with like big people before, but not like, um, to me, not at that cut, like literally like hero band, you know? So, yeah. um, I know, I think actually what helped too is I've done a lot of stuff with, uh, this band called the main. Yeah, the main. yeah. Yeah. And so I know they're super plugged in with Jimmy world now. And, um, so I think maybe th- I don't know if it was Zach seeing stuff that I worked on for them or, you know, uh, Tim Kirch plugged me in with him or brought it up to him as well. Like, I don't know what it was, but for me, it was also a cool thing to kind of wrap up living in Arizona. Yeah, now right. I've with, like all the big bands out of Arizona, which was super rad. And they were kind of the last one on the, on the list there. So it was super special for sure. Man, what that, that's super inspiring. Uh, I'm, I, I do video work as well. So that you got to do that at all is like super awesome. And, uh, yeah. also a huge Jimmy world fan. So that all works out yeah. incredibly. Yeah. It was, it was cool. And it was, 
rad to get to hang out for like the weekend and i mean they're just genuine awesome dudes so that was super cool you know you know some people are like afraid to meet their heroes because like what if and it's like i had just the complete opposite i knew that it wasn't going to be that way just knowing zach yeah it was still super cool to get advice on because i was about to go out on the road as a drum tech so i was getting advice from zach and from jim on just like just be a good hang and don't be an asshole and like it was just really cool just down to earth like yeah wow yeah um let's do some rapid fire and then i can get you out of here um although i could imagine the answer to one of the questions let's talk about your favorite having grown up in Arizona and, and your dad showing you Jimmy Eat World, you got to know their catalog pretty well. Do you have a favorite Jimmy Eat World record? And I understand that that might change from day to day, but yeah, I would say overall it's uh, still probably features. Yeah. Um, just cause that's, I feel like that's almost too typical, but I really liked um, um, surviving was great too. I just thought the drums were so killer. Like even listening back, um, what was the record before that? Uh, Integrity Blues. Yeah, and Integrity Blues too. I really liked as well. Yeah, um, I thought just the drums sounded so insane, and <laughs> I I couldn't get over it. And I remember I would I had texted Zach too, like when that came out, and I was just like, dude. But now that they've done those Phoenix Live sessions, um, the um, those are kind of actually the albums I listen to now. All three of those. And so I feel like Clarity kind of has like a whole new like revamp for me hearing it re-recorded live like that. Yeah. And like hearing Tom sing and stuff. So that's also basically every album is what I'm Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Did Jimmy World put it out? Then that's the one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then uh, if you had, you know, uh, what would be your favorite Jimmy World song today? Um, today, my favorite Jimmy World song, um, man, Dizzy has always had a special place for me. And um, also um, Night Drive is also like those just like kind of sad, like, but hard hitting. Like those are like my favorite type of. I imagine. I mean, you're tied to something loud. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah, that's. that's, You're always going to feel something when that comes on. That's definitely like I remember hearing it in public the first time and I was like, I can't believe this. This is crazy. (laughs) That's right. Um, but actually, delivery and five 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 are probably some of my top tracks too. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. man. So yeah, well, it's awesome to have. It's awesome to see a win from. I, I consider you within the community, man. You're a Jimmy World fan, and uh, yeah, and the fact that you yeah. got to do that. Um, is there any parting words you have for either people that are looking to to pull something off like you were able to, um, or, or they're looking for a career as either a drummer, a touring drummer or drum tech or a traveling videographer, like kind of one man band type of deal. Yeah. Um, I would say nowadays, I think it is important to have, um, a couple different trades up your sleeve. So me being able to be a drummer and take photo and video is a huge asset, but this is advice that Jim and Zach gave me. And, um, I felt like I was already kind of living it, but just the affirmation. So I'll say this, um, they were, when I was asking him about me being a drum tech and doing photo and video work, the coolest part was it wasn't like, Oh man, that's great. You know, you're so talented at that. It was literally Jim was just being like, dude, he's like, we intentionally work with people that are good hangs. He's like, we've been doing this long enough that we just know we want to hang. We want good hangs. Um, 
I've heard that from Christian bands that I've played with. I've heard that from other rock bands that I've worked with. Like across the board, this seems like the thing every band and artist says is like, just be a good hang. And Jim was like, if you're good at what you do and you're a good hang, he's like, you could name your price in this business. So I think for me, just focusing on the relationship over the work and like, I've, I never once asked for Jimmy World's work and it was 10 years later that it came, you know? So like, I guess just even through our small connection was like, felt like I was, I don't want to say worthy that for me, it makes it sound horrible, but just that it was like, all right, let's work with Austin, you know? So it wasn't something that I was fishing for really. I never expected to happen. So um, yeah, just be focused on the relationships and try to genuinely focus on the relationships and you never know where it will go. So if people want to find out more about you, the stuff you're working on, all that stuff, where should people go? Um, just my Instagram, um, which is just Austin Gavin. Um, and that's pretty much where I update everything. So pretty simple. Awesome. Thank you so much for your time, man. And yeah. uh, I'm glad we were able to get this in under the wire. Yeah, no, thank you so much for having me. This is super cool. I love what you guys are doing and looking forward to listening to more of your guys' podcasts now.